What is good? Let's have some fun. It's the Fundamism Podcast with your host, Paul J. Long, and all things fun. We'll let the fun begin. Woo! What is good, Fundamism community? This is the Fundamism Podcast, connecting the workplace and life through fun. I, of course, am your host, Mr. Paul J. Long, and this is the podcast where we like to feature guests who are creating a culture of experience, both in their life as well in their workplace. And I am excited for this gentleman featured today, Mr. Matt Basinger. How's it going, Matt? I'm well, and I appreciate you calling me gentle. Oh, you are gentle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of gentle, um, I don't want to spend too much time on what you do, because I think there's a lot of people out there talking about surfacey stuff, like your work and your family and your friends. So one of the themes that we like on this podcast is to talk more about real stuff. Like, how do you create a memorable experience? And that typically is by talking about things that not everybody else is talking about. So Matt, just to start off, man, I know that you're a fun guy. Hope so. That's like a mushroom joke. There it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you do for fun? You've had a stressful day at work, and I know that that's typically not the case because it's not your MO, but you want to get out of your headspace and you want to gravitate towards something that gives you strength. What is it? So I'm going to give you a family answer, but hang tight for a second. Uh, my wife Boo. and I just... Uh, <laughs> stopped. <laughs> Booing is not fun. Oh, my bad. Uh, my wife and I just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Congratulations. And thank you. Uh, we bought a canoe. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was our gift to ourselves. And so we have been taken... We've been married for 10 years and nine days or something. We've taken it out three times already because right. we just love being on the water. Uh, fun is can be defined a lot of different ways, right? Sure. And so sometimes fun is just like... I need to relax. Relaxing can be super fun. Mm. Um, uh, so for us and for me, I think a lot of the day to day is so busy. I feel like Mr. McFeely in the very early days of Mr. Rogers, Whoa, where you're just like yes. going, going, going. Mm -hmm. And so fun is oftentimes that moment where I get to sit and be still and just appreciate life and everything that's going on outside of having to create. I think, in short, Paul. Sure. The moments where I get to sit back and just revel in what is existing as opposed to always having to truck through with creation. Does that make sense? Man, I love it. So you talked a little bit about what I'm taking from that is a little bit of self-reflection, but also living in the present and getting out of... Because your your mind is uh, a beautiful thing. And I, and I don't say that lightly. I came and I had the opportunity to visit your business, which we're going to get into, I promise. Um, but I, when you talk about Revel, I mean, I walked in and I just felt like a kid in a candy store. And as you're giving me the tour of your space, you use the word fun probably 15 times. It just rolls off of your tongue. And I knew at that moment that you're going to be a featured guest of the Fundamism podcast. But most importantly, I knew that you were going to be a friend because I think that we are very like-minded when it comes to the things that give we give us strength and, and how we see lives. And um, one thing that I appreciate is um, being okay with just cutting out the noise. You know, 
a lot of folks think that fundamentalism, and if you're just joining us, fundamentalism are the is the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. So, shortly put, it's whatever you do for fun, whatever you gravitate towards that gives you strength and and takes you out of a, a headspace that you don't want to be in and puts you in a in a better place. And so, there's millions of them out there. Canoeing is a fundamentalism. Uh, Self reflection is a fundamentalism. Letting go of stressors is a fundamentalism. Being in the present is a fundamentalism. Sharing a kind word to a stranger is a fundamentalism. And you, Matt. Uh, you live with millions of fundamentalisms, and uh, before we get into one of the most interesting stories and things uh, that I could not believe about you, tell our audience what you do for a living. Yeah, so SwellSpark is our parent company. A lot of folks in Kansas City know us better for Breakout KC or for Blade and Timber, but our goal is to gather people and create shared experiences. Um, and so with that, and, and the reason that I talk about fun a lot, it's a hard thing to talk about. And I think one of the things that I really love about you is you, one, you've created the acronym of fun, right? Mm. And you've kind of expanded the word fundamentalism, mm. which allows you to create your own definition because I, I think at a surface level, like my kids love to have fun. Yes. And when they're not having fun, sometimes they're upset. They're like, <laughs> I want to do the thing that's more fun. Right. right? Um, but adults, uh, not to say that we don't want to have fun, but I almost think we've cheapened the word. Mm. And I almost, there's this kind of overarching thought of like, no, as an adult, you're supposed to work and not have fun. Right. Almost like they're exclusive from each other. Whereas for me, it's like, I find a lot of joy and a lot of fulfillment in my work. And I sure. think a lot of people do. I'm not, I don't have the monopoly on doing that. Right. Um, so fun, uh, I, when, when I'm like, hey, man, let's go have fun. I think we go to like, oh, does that mean drinking? Sure. Or does that mean, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, or an immature space. Because sure. I've done that a lot. So, and I think fun, kind of what you just tagged on, fun should probably be better defined as like things that fulfill you. Yes. And things that bring you joy. Mm. Um, and, and there is by, you know, a, a Merriam-Webster definition, there's a difference between fun and joy. I think what you have pointed toward is almost more of the joy aspect. Yes. Um, but also the, the remembrance that fun is really important, you it know, is. um, we, you know, we, we throw axes like that's at, there are times I go to work and my wife and I come home, she's like, what'd you do today? I was like, you know what? I got carried away and I threw axes for four hours. And she's like, seriously? Cause I was like running around with my three kids sure, and they were unhappy. And I'm like, yeah, it was, I mean, that was my job today. Yes. <laughs> throw axes with friends. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know where I was going with that, Paul. Other it's than a, a beautiful you know, story, there and is, a shout out to Blade and Timber. A shout out to Blade and Timber. You know, there is. I read this thing at one point, and it was like, and it's the most depressing thought, right? It's like at some point you picked up your kid the last time, Whoa. or or there's this other. Someone was asking recently, like, hey, when was the last time that you jumped? Like, how how high do you think you can jump? Right. And as a kid, and and as a young man like through athletics or through just playing, like you're jumping all the time. Sure. And, and there's probably people listening to this and then you're thinking, Oh my God, like when was the last time I jumped? When was the last time you jumped? I jump often. When right? was the last time that you jumped? Oh gosh. It's probably been two days. Okay. Uh, our neighbor kids have a basketball hoop outside nice. and I like to go do really cool, like 360 slams. Cause it's like an eight foot hoop. So nice. Obviously, um, my four-inch vertical uh, and my six-three <laughs> height allows me to do a reverse three-sixty sure. on a uh, on an eight-foot hoop. But you know, the jumping is in that definition is this idea of like, when did you do something a little kooky? Like, when did you stretch yourself? You know, my jump when we go and try to take new leases or spaces, I have a jump test. I can still touch a ten-foot rim, 
And so if I need to find out ceiling height, I will jump and I'll have my business partner, Ryan, tell me how tall the ceiling is above my hand. And then we know how tall a ceiling is roughly, right? But there are these things and it's not like you didn't, it's not like you don't like playing sports. It's not like you don't like jumping. It's not like you don't like having fun. There was just a point in your life for many folks where for some reason, they stopped. You picked up your kid for the last time. You did. I love that. It's so sad, though. Uh, it, I mean, it is, but that's sure. that's what gives you and I an opportunity. I mean, that's what's exactly. created our market. Exactly. And so when you when you take that, and it's like, man, when was the last time you picked up your kid? And it's just like, oh my gosh, there's there's that realization, and you can get really depressed with that realization and be like, man, I've been lame for twenty years. Or maybe your kid just <laughs> got big, right? Like sure. my mom is like one hundred and ten pounds soaking wet, so she's not going to pick me up, and that's fine, right? But I think it points more towards this thought of like, when was the last time that you intentionally did something fun? Mm. And for a lot of people, they have a hard time thinking of when that was. And that, I think, is, is more the moment of there's a lot of folks that are just very good at being intentionally fun. And that can be road trips or canoes or whatever. But there's also this busyness of life that we all are faced with in, sure. in American culture. And so our business practice, of course, is to intentionally push back against that. And the realization that, you know, could you go to a, a hardware store or an outdoor store and go buy an axe and put together a target and get a couple beers and a couple friends and throw axes in your backyard? Absolutely. And lose a finger. No, we don't. I mean, if you, do, of, if you do it at your house. In, in your backyard, <laughs> yes. far more likely lose a finger, not a blade and timber. So we have people and they'll post online like, well, I can just do that in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And then immediately I'm like, have you? They say, no. I'll say, (laughs) well, then why are you complaining online about our business? Why don't you just come grab some buddies and throw some axes? We'll clean up for you. We'll put up the targets. We'll give you an axe. We'll train you how to do it. We are going to set you. We're going to set the table for you to have fun. We're going to make it really easy Mm. and you're going to enjoy it. And it's so... um, it's so wonderful to see like the reviews that we see online or the experiences that I get to have with people. And they're like, dude, I just went and did one of your experiences and it was the most fun I've had all year. I'm like, yes, like that's, that's why we do it. Sure. Um, so again, on the surface, I think fun can be a super cheap word. If you're looking at under the, the wrong light or on wrong context, or if you're saying like the point of life is fun, it's like, now the point of life is meaning but I think meaning can often be found through things that are fun. And more importantly, the people that you do those things with Super are the relationships that continue to provide meaning in times that maybe aren't quite as fun. Yes. And those relationships could be uh, a manager-employee relationship. It could be a, a spouse relationship. Mm-hmm. It could be, obviously, your, your family, your friends, whatever it may be. And I think that's imperative. You know, We had a, a close personal friend uh, of ours collectively um, Mr. Andrew Dallas on recently, yep. and we were talking about creating a, this culture of experience and sure. how he connects with his employees. And the word fun came up a million times, as I'm sure that you're well aware. You've taken the tour of, of his beautiful space over at Pro Athlete Inc. And uh, you do the same. You put fun at the forefront of the culture that you've created at sure. SwellSpark. So talk a little bit about that. How did you build it? How did you create this culture of experience? And how long did it take to get your employees to buy in? Yeah, so we, you know, SwellSpark's a funny story. So I, I apologize for doing the business chat, but I'll just, no, I'll just, good, I'll run you there's, through, right? There's um, a lot of organizations that tune in for this. Sure, yeah. So 
SwellSpark is a company that we technically launched. It's a holding company or parent company that we made formal on January 1st of 18. We have been doing SwellSpark for three and a half years. It just wasn't called SwellSpark. Sure. And so, you know, I was a high school guidance counselor. Um, so, really? I, yeah, that was uh, by by training. You know, my degree is in, I was a, got my master's in higher education administration from the University of Kansas. Um, rock Chalk, baby. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Okay, you don't whistle during the song. Uh, anyhow, get sidetracked. That's, <laughs> sidetracked is fun. It too, is though, so right? fun. Speaking of which, just before I, I got to sidetrack you a little bit more, Fair. we had a bet. Um, he never agreed to, uh, but Matt actually advised that he wasn't going to smile once during this podcast, and uh, he lost pretty much in the first thirty seconds. Man, I forgot just, about that bet. Yes, yeah. So I guess I get the frozen enchiladas. Deal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Carry on. Don't Sorry, knock. I you, forgot the question. You, you you've been doing it. Uh, Swell Spark for three and a half yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, my background before education, before all of this was in ministry. Sure. And the ministry that I worked with and still serve as the chair of the board of advisors in Kansas City is Young Life. And Young Life is this idea that if you are going to share the gospel or spirituality with folks, that you have to first um, earn the ability to do so through relationship. Uh, it's, you know, they're not the types of guys that are going to go on the street corner and hold up a sign and, and tell you what to do. It's like, no, man, I'm going to earn your trust and I'm going to be your friend. Sure. And at some point I might tell you about Jesus and at some point I might not, but you're going to, you're going to know me. You're going to know my heart. You're going to know who I am. And so quite frankly, we kind of stole a page out of their book as we were building breakout. Um, not again, not from the, the spiritual standpoint, but just like there's something about that time that's shared with people. And that is where relationship is formed. And, and that is, gosh, that's the, the meat and potatoes of life, right? Sure. Is the relationships that you get to have with people. And the only way that you build relationships with folks is by spending time with them. If you're not spending time with people, you will never dive below the surface. I met you two months ago and we've hung out six times. Yeah. And I already know you better than some of the folks that I've known for years, right? Tear. Aw. <laughs> Now we're not smiling, we're crying and smiling. But crying can be fun. Can be, can be. Yeah, it's it's an important thing. I do it way more. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to stay on the straight and narrow for a second with this question. Um, I was traveling with my wife three and a half years ago down to Nashville, uh, to Chattanooga actually, but we stopped through Nashville and saw this. I, like We were like, what should we do in Nashville? I've never been before. Should we go to the Grand Ole Opry? Should we go to Music City or whatever, you know, like what should we do when we pull up TripAdvisor and the top rated thing to do is this escape room. And I'm like, what is that? Like, obviously people like it, but I don't even know what it is. So we go to Chattanooga. My wife is hanging out with her friend that we were kind of helping move and get settled. And I just research escape games for five days. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a place where you go with people and do something. How cool is that? You know, some of my favorite memories is like the 2014 you know, when the Royals played the Oakland A's to oh, yeah. get into the playoffs, I was at that game. You and I both, brother. Were so you in a cat suit? No, no, I was. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the cat suit guy? I'm one of the cat suit guys. Oh my gosh. Because dressing up is fun. It me. is. It is. We can talk about that shortly as so well. So you're 2014, you're at the Royals, Oakland A's game. And, you know, I, I go through and I watch the highlights of that game every once in a while just because it's like, oh, that was such a good moment. But my memories of that game is not necessarily the game itself. There's one or two plays where I was like, it was the moment, but it was more the interaction with all of the fans around me and the folks that I went there with and having my hand be throbbing by the end of the night because I gave out 
I mean, there were what, 48,000 so people there. Yes. So I gave out approximately 48,000 high fives at the end of the game. Approximate. And uh, it, it's just that moment that you share. And, and since you were at the game, you know it. And I can talk about that experience as best as I can mm. to someone who wasn't there. Like, guys, this was the most amazing sporting event experience of my life. And they're just like, oh, that's cool, man. But when I talk about it to, to you and you I'm were there, feeling it right now. Like I'm getting the goosebumps yes. thinking about it. <laughs> yes. Because that was this shared moment that we have together. Yeah. And so it's not about going to, you know, I love going to a movie or a game or whatever, but those are things where you're next to someone looking at other people do things. And so this idea of the escape room was no, 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 no. This is not the type of entertainment where you go watch other people participate. This is participatory entertainment. Like, the amount of fun that you have is going to be entirely dependent on what you put into it. It has nothing to do with anybody else. I feel like that's a great metaphor just for fun and life in general. Sure. You got to right? do it, man. You, you just got to dive in you and, and you're going to get out what you put in. Yep. And I think that a lot of folks don't, they fail to put, put, I mean, we, we drop the kid off, right? Yep. And so as we grow older, we look at these things. I mean, I remember being a kid. And making these beautiful pictures in my mind. Mm-hmm. To my mom, I'm sure they were horrendous, right? They were, no, they were beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. Regardless of whether they were or weren't, she put them on the refrigerator. Yeah. And she posted them. Sure. And I had a sense of pride. And I danced and I acted a fool like nobody was watching, you know, all that cliche stuff. But I remember being in restaurants and I was, my mom was ordering food and I'm just over there in my own world dancing. Yep. And we as parents, sometimes we try to stifle that. And we say, stop, hey, stop acting a fool, right? We're in a nice Denny's yeah, right exactly. now. We're in a nice Denny's. That's counterintuitive. I love Denny's. By it the is way. good. Uh, shout out to IHOB. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. Just stop. Anyway, my point is this: you know, as kids, we didn't we didn't care much. We just had fun, right? And somewhere along the lines, we we didn't grow up. We grew old, and we thought that having fun was something that we could no longer do because sure. our priorities changed. Yeah. But hearing you tell it um, in Swell Spark and and uh, Blade and Timber and Breakout KC. You wanted to create an experience where people could have fun. Yeah. And specifically because they chose to sure. and they participated. Yeah. So what came of that? So dude, we we opened breakout in May of 15. And we have these test groups coming in. It, it it blows up immediately. Like we were very fortunate. We had, you know, some celebrities come and they posted online and this and that. But we went from like zero to a hundred almost overnight. It was overwhelming. And it was a side job and, and I was working other jobs at the time and I was like, oh my gosh, like how are we gonna handle this? Stepped away from other stuff. But there's this moment, two two different things happened. Um, one is we had this group of like 16, 17-year-old girls come in and play our escape room and get out with like four seconds left and they're amped. Mm. And we're right next to Key Coffee, an incredible coffee shop in the River Market. Uh, and and when you're opening a new location, you drink a lot of coffee sure. because you have to. And so I'm walking back and forth in the coffee shop probably like three times a day, spending way more money than I should. That's besides the point. So I, I go and I'm walking to the coffee shop and I happen to be just walking 15 feet behind these gals who just broke out a breakout who also are going to either coffee shop or grab pizza or something. And it's two blocks. And for two blocks, these 17 year old gals, which is five, 10 minutes, they walk to, to key coffee and they order their coffees and they sit down. And I kid you not for 30 or 40 minutes, they're just talking about the experience they just had. And these are 17 year olds and they haven't even checked their phone yet. They, they left, and so they had an hour where they didn't look at their phone, and then an additional 30 to 40 minutes where they still hadn't looked at their phone. Mm. 
And that is uncommon in our culture. Well, just not only in our culture, but just to revisit who we're talking about. We're talking about a bunch right. of 17-year-old right. girls. And right? this is not to knock that that phones are an sure. integral part of our culture at all. It's just like the experience they had was so much more life-giving than their phones that they actually were present with their friends for a hundred straight minutes mm. because of uh, and through this experience. And I was just sitting there, like like I said, I worked in a high school for four years. And I'm sitting there watching this happen. I was like, oh, we have something here. Like, right. This is awesome. And then this other just really neat thing that happened, it was like the fourth or fifth group of um, of customers that we ever had. And they were folks who had just moved to Kansas City. And they go, and, and we group people with strangers, which a lot of people are like, I don't want to meet new people, you know? Do they talk and like that? They do. Every single one. <laughs> All the curmudgeon people talk like some bad Southern accent. Just kidding. Uh, so they, you know... More often than not, folks are thrilled about it. Sometimes they're not. But these people go in. We pair these people together. They play in an escape room. And this group of people who an hour ago didn't know each other, they break out of this escape room. And they, and, and walking out, they take a photo together. Like, hey, what are you guys doing now? And they're like, oh, we're going to go grab a beer. And I said, can, can we come? And they're like, yeah, let's, let's go. And they go and they grab, you know, whatever it is that they do. Well, this group of two comes back in three, four weeks later, and they just said, hey, uh, you're Matt, right? And I, I had run their room. So I'm like, yeah, Matt. They're like, hey, we just want to say thank you. We had just moved to Kansas City. Breakout was like the third thing that we did, and that was how we made friends. Like, we met these two people, and they introduced us to our friend group. We've moved a lot in our lives, and we have never been able to find community as fast as we did because you provided a platform for us to meet people right away. Wow. And I was just like, see, I'm getting goosebumps again. Man. Ugh, you see those? I do those see are them. big ones too. Can you can you guys see them? You can't because no. you're not here. Yeah. I wish you were though. I know. We're gonna have way more fun because we have this conversation face to face. Yeah, you know what though? Um you so Matt recently challenged myself and another uh fundamism podcast guest, Mr. Cam F. Awesome, to a fun off in Kansas City. So Matt's located here in Kansas City as well as myself and Cam F. Awesome is as well. So he sent out a message that said, I challenge you to a fun off. And what's interesting about that post is about 10 other people jumped into the thread and they said, how do we get involved? What do we do? We want to, we want to throw down with that. And so these are the types of things that you do all the time. Fun is at the forefront of everything that you do. And I'm guessing Matt, that while you had a, a fun upbringing and you've had some really fun experiences in life, it always hasn't been fun. No. So, so talk to us a little bit about that situation, a time where you were just really faced with a struggle like the bulk of society is on a regular basis and what you did to get out of it. The thing that comes to mind, so I moved to Kansas in 2001. Uh, it was the middle of my sophomore year of high school. It was actually the day that I met Ryan Henrich, my business partner, was Halloween of 2001. My Ooh. first day, right? My first day of school at a new school, having never moved in my, you know, adolescent childhood from the start, I, I did 16 years of school or whatever in Louisville, Colorado. And Colorado's a, a great place. There's a lot, there's mountains. Mountains are great. There's mountains there? There's mountains, mm. yeah. Um, and so my, my folks, you know, say, hey, you know, dad's changing his job. We're moving to Kansas. From Colorado. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And at the time, not pumped, right? Okay. 
um, and ended up being like the best thing ever. Because uh, you get into this new school, which just a quick fun story. As I mentioned, my first day of school was Halloween. And so I meet all these people and uh, do my best to have a good first impression. And then I go to school the next day and I introduce myself. They're like, dude, I, I met you yesterday. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> Are you sure? Like, I'm tr- doing my best to remember everyone I met. They're like, oh, yeah, I was dressed up as Gumby, though. I'm like, <laughs> got it. Okay. So, like, I had essentially two first days of school because I had to re-meet everybody uh, who was dressed up as, like, Gumby or or in a chicken costume or dressed up as dressed a cat, as? probably. I wasn't. Oh, I was trying to be cool because it was my first day. I know. See, I wasn't there yet. Yes. So, um the really neat thing about changing schools and moving 550 miles in the middle of high school, obviously it's devastating. You have your friend group that you've known and have known you your whole life. But what was really fascinating about that is I essentially got a clean slate. And, you know, when you grow up with people, you're known as something. And whether that thing is true or not, because people change a lot from the time that they're 10 until they're 15. Absolutely. And, and sometimes I think we allow ourselves to be molded by what we think the perception of us is supposed to be. Sure. And so I was uh, an athletic kid. You know, sports were like, that That was my life. Um, and I moved to a new place and, and I could still be in athletics, but I didn't have to let it define me anymore. And so I got to, I got to choose my friends and I got to really be intentional about figuring that out. And it was tough, right, to make those decisions and make those choices. But um being in a new context, being around new people provided me an opportunity to take a step at step back. And essentially you get to say, and I don't think I'd walked through this as eloquently maybe as I am now, but it's like, who do I want to be? Cause I get to choose right now with a fresh slate of who I am, the type of people I want to be around, what I want to go after and what I want to do. And so I met an incredible group of friends uh, at, at Blue Valley West high school in Overland park, Kansas, um, who, in a lot of ways really broke the mold and I didn't have to just hang out with athletes or I didn't, like we hung out with kids from band and athletes and we did the stupidest crap for fun. Like we would go set up lawn chairs and medians and wave at cars for three hours. And that was what we did for, to, to bring joy and to have fun. We would just go, uh, it, it was just, we were silly. Sounds right? like a fundamentalism to me. Yeah, it was, it was great. And it was so non-traditional. And we get back from a weekend and people are like, what did you do this weekend? I'm like, oh, we, we sat in lawn chairs together. <laughs> you, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> like, what, what's wrong with you? Like nothing. Do you want to come next week? Yes. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. And so we had this kind of group of knuckleheads who were willing to just, just share time together doing whatever it was and support each other. And whether that, you know, they were, like I said, they were kids from band and kids from drama and kids in athletics and kids who did nothing at all. And and it didn't matter. Sure. And part of that is a brand new high school the year that I went there and, and coming in three months later, like we just had this opportunity to redefine who and what we wanted to be. Dude, that is, um, that is magical. And specifically, you know, there's a lot of folks that are unhappy with their experience in life right now. Yeah. And, you know, um, I get, I get the opportunity to travel and connect with a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And I'm always communicating that if you don't like your experience in life, well, then introduce some new life experiences. And so you said at this moment, now, granted, it was a situation that you were forced into. Sure. You got to reinvent yourself. Sure. 
I believe that we all have an opportunity to do that. And the only thing that gets in our way is our own head. Absolutely. And so I had the opportunity to do that recently with the mastermind group that yep. we were we were introduced to. I hadn't always surrounded myself with the most successful people. And oftentimes I felt like I was moving in the right direction, but because none of my family or friends knew what I did or mm-hmm. understood the value that I offered, I battled with confidence sometimes. Absolutely. And I'd say, am I on the right track? Then I meet you guys and I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go. Like, yep. let's go get them, right? And so I don't, I don't, if you're an electrician and you're and you're working in what you feel like is a mundane environment where you go in and you do the same thing every single day, and as a result, you're unhappy. Well, change your experience. Maybe you enjoy being an electrician, but maybe now you're interacting with more people. Maybe now when you go into Quick Trip, which mm-hmm. is local, shout out to QT. So good. It is so good. Maybe now you're actually greeting the cashier and you're asking them what their name is and you're asking them how their day's going and you're being more present in conversation and, and you're reinventing yourself sure. to, to have a different experience in life. So yeah. that then segues into my next question for you. Do you believe that you and I are wired a, a certain way? True. And uh, we've been told, I know I have, I'm sure you have been as well. Um, I've been told my whole life that it's hard to recreate my energy or my fun. And as a result, sometimes people look at me and they say, well, that's unattainable. Like, I can't be that. Mm-hmm. And my goal was not to, to make everybody enjoy life like I do or get them to do the things that I'm doing. It's to reveal the opportunity that there sure. is, right? My question to you is, with a very long setup, do you believe that everybody has it in them? Do you believe that everybody on this planet can have fun? Yes. It's obviously a more complicated answer than that, but the short answer has to be yes. There's a, you know, that I I can't even remember. We bought a zoo, I think is a a movie. And there's Matt Damon. I think it's Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh, (laughs) And there's this, uh, there's this line or this moment in that movie where he talks about like, all you need is like five seconds of insane courage. And, And I probably completely butchered it. But that's that's it, dude. Like, um, you know, I, I'll tangent. You, you gave me a long a long setup, so I'll give you a longer answer. Thank but you. I got married, as I said, ten years ago, and my family um, we're just not foodies. Like, food is a function of being alive, necessity, and, and not as much. Like, my mom, uh, I think she wants to, and she'll be mad at me for saying this, but. It was never her style to spend two hours in the kitchen and like bring out all this the spices. And probably part of that was because of us. But my favorite food as a kid was mac and cheese. No question. Yes, please. It's so good. Uh, Even today. It is. It is. And I'll get there in a second, right? <laughs> um, but I get married and I had a very simple palate because I had just always eaten like whatever was in front of me. And there were a lot of foods I didn't like. I was like, I don't like Mexican food, you know, which is, I don't, it's so sad. This is what I said. Again, this is, I'm talking as, as 10 years ago, Matt. If you can't see my face right now, I'm disgusted. (laughs) It is Wednesday. We've missed Taco Tuesdays, but we can (laughs) hang out in six days. It'll be great. So I had all these things that I thought that I didn't like. Um, And so my wife is amazing. And she, um, you know, in, in making food uh, often, is she would try to bend the recipes or whatever it is to my palate. Like, oh, no, 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 I don't like ricotta cheese. So can we do that without ricotta? Or, you know, I don't like Asian food. I don't like Mexican food. I don't like this. I don't like that. What do so, you like? I know. <laughs> and so 
you know, six months into being married, we have these friends come over and we're getting food with them and they bring the food and they bring lasagna. Uh, and the lasagna has ricotta cheese in it. And Shout out I'm to not, Garfield. I'm not. <laughs> Jim Henson. So good. <laughs> and so I'm not going to be rude to these folks who just prepared food for us. So I'm going to eat it. Like I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to have to eat ricotta cheese. And I eat the first slice of lasagna and I think I, I think I said something along the lines of this is the best lasagna I've ever had. <laughs> yes. And I, I wish I could go back to that moment because my wife and I talk about it relatively often. I'm sure she had this look of just rage. <laughs> and so after that, she's like, hey, I thought you didn't like ricotta cheese. And I was like, I actually really liked it. Like it was super tasty. She's like, when was the last time you had had ricotta cheese until now? I was like, I don't know. Maybe when I was like seven. Yeah. It's been, you know, 15 years since sure. I tried ricotta cheese. And as a seven-year-old, I decided I didn't like it. And so I've just had not had it. And so all of a sudden she's like, we're going to try new foods. I'm like, okay. Like, I trust you. Well, yeah. let's do it. And over the course of the last 10 years, there is one food that I don't like. And I don't like cauliflower. Oh. That's it though. Like, you ever had cauliflower I, and ranch? Yeah, though? it's terrible. Okay. Yeah, everything enough. cauliflower is terrible. Respect. And I have continued cauliflower to try and cheese? It. The worst. Okay. <laughs> the <laughs> just, worst, he just, says. There's some, the cauliflower, it's just... <laughs> but here's the deal. 10 years ago, it was like, I wouldn't eat 90% of food. Yeah, Mexican lasagna. And now it's, I won't eat cauliflower, but I will try it about every year or two just to make sure that it's still awful. And I respect that. So far, it still is awful. Fair enough. Sorry, cauliflower fans. <laughs> uh, what about cauliflower ear? Are you no. a fan? <laughs> I didn't wrestle. Okay, fair enough. Um, but, you know, there, there's this analogy that I like to use, and I'll ask, you know, you can ask someone, like, hey, like, what's your favorite food? And, and maybe the answer is mac and cheese. Like, to date, my favorite food is still pizza. I love pizza. Um, but you don't know, like, you can know that pizza is your favorite food, but that's not to say that something else can't become your favorite food at some point, True. right? Like, my dad makes fun of me because for his birthday, we'll go get steak. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I, I love steak. I would have rather had pizza. I would have rather spent $10 on a pizza than $40 on a steak. But I love my dad, so I'm going to go get steak with him. But the more life experience that you give yourself, the more definitively you can say that something is your favorite thing. And uh, and there's it's one thing to be like, yeah, like I think my favorite sports team is, and it's it's probably probably this the royals i guess like i went to a game once and then you talk to the people like oh my favorite team's the royals yes and i go to every game sure. and the games that i don't go to i watch and here's the players and here's it like my favorite movie is forrest gump i love forrest gump because you're a runner well just the like every time you watch it you, there's something new about it that you didn't realize the first time because our understanding of history gets better or whatever sure. like you watch as a kid you're like this movie's kind of funny you watch it as an adult and all the r- scenes with racial tension or whatever you're just like but this is Whoa. a really deep movie. Agreed. You know, it gets better every time. Yeah. And so at some point I just decided Forrest Gump was my favorite. And in deciding that it became more my favorite. Um, I think all I'm getting at is my food palette has grown tremendously. My favorite food right now is probably sushi. Like I love sushi. We go to Hawaii relatively often with business and I get to eat like fresh sushi. Um, I would not have tried sushi 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so my, food experiences are far richer because I allowed myself to try new things. And so for people, to your point of the electrician, um, 
Or, or maybe there's people who are struggling with finding the right job or the right friend group. And it's like, man, if you do the same thing you've always done, why would you expect any different results? Mm. Uh, or, or friends who are just like, man, I'm so bored. And I'm like, well, why don't you go do something? Right. Like, you live right next to Sonic. Why don't you go walk and get an ice cream cone? He's like, no. Like, have you ever done that? No. Like, man, maybe it would be fun. Yeah. Maybe you'd meet someone at Sonic who'd want to hang out. That's right. Because lots of people like ice cream. That's true. A lot of people like Sonic, too. So I think the, uh, the willingness to try new things um, opens up our minds to what fun actually is and can be. Um, and if you, don't, if you don't at least give it a shot, like at the end of the day, um, I think one of the reasons that so many people don't have fun is because in order to have fun, you are setting yourself up to be vulnerable to whatever thing you're doing not being fun. Great point. And you're like, I want to have fun. What if I don't? Sure. Oh my gosh. Th- th- wouldn't that be terrible if I don't have fun? It's right. like, y- yes and no. Like now you're going to know that that's not fun. Yeah. And, and you gave me a phenomenal example of that, um, that I want to, that I want to hit on before we wrap up, before we do one thing that I heard you basically say just now is if you're an organization or an individual that wants to have more fun, you want to improve employee engagement or you want to create a culture of experience or whatever it may be, then you got to introduce new things. You got Absolutely. to you got to expand your palette. And in that, you don't have to have all the answers. You have a wealth of knowledge right around you, your sure. family, your friends, your employees, whatever it may be. Try something different and yep. you might you might just be excited to find out that you actually do ricotta, like ricotta cheese. In the words of Daniel Tiger, <laughs> oh. try it. You just might like it. Shout out Daniel Tiger. <laughs> you, you can tell he's a parent, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. So you told me a story about something that I do not find fun at all recently. You're a cross-country runner at one point in time, or track and field. You used yep. to be in track and field. Yep. And somebody recently asked you if you wanted to run. Now, you don't run uh, for fun anymore I or don't. for sport. I, I should. <laughs> talk, talk to me because you just said sometimes it's about getting out of your comfort zone and trying a different different experience. Tell, tell the listeners about that. Yeah, so I don't even know how we came across it, but um, I'm, I'm 32 by 33 here shortly. I ran track and field in college. I was fast once. I'm 40 pounds heavier now. Uh, but there was this group in Kansas City that was trying to set a world record uh, uh, for a marathon distance relay. So they're trying to get as many folks as they can who are fast enough to do this relay. Japan had the record and America. So we wanted to, we wanted to take the record back. I don't think we ever had it in the first place, but we wanted it. And so a Kansas City-based group said, hey, we can do this. And they ran the math and they said, if, if everyone runs this certain time or faster we're going to set a new world record, like a Guinness book world record. Um, and so I turned to my buddy Jordan, who I work with, and we, we were captains on KU's track team 10 years ago. And I was like, dude, do you think we can still run this fast? And he was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know. And we were having this conversation over an all-you-can-eat Chinese food buffet on a Saturday. As you should have. Obviously. And we decide, three plates in, let's find out if we can still run this fast. And so we, it was like a hundred degrees. It was crazy hot. It was real windy, but we were like, let's go. Like, let's just go right now. Let's grab our spikes. Let's get out there. And we found even with essentially zero training, like we hit the time. Uh, And so we were like, yes, like we can make the team. And so we, we fill out the thing. We sign up to be on this relay team. Um, Like 
running that distance, which is something I used to do 10 times a day, every day, like I was sore for a week and a half. It was awful. But uh, there was a goal, right? There was, a, there was like, I'm gonna, I get to be a part of something special. So we trained just a little bit. We ended up having like 60 or 70 folks show up to Johnson County Community College about a month ago. And we passed the baton like 190 times. Everyone runs 225 meters, three or four separate times. And we shattered the world record by like eight minutes. Um, this group of mostly high school age kids and then my friend Jordan and I and then this one amazing man who was like in his in his 50s who had also made the team. It was like, and that was hard. And we had to train and we had to like, we really had to work to make this a fun experience. But at the end of the day, like the last lap, all 65 runners are running together. And it was just like, it was one of those moments. Like anyone who I meet who was part of that group, like, dude, do you remember? Like we knew we had the record in hand and we all ran that last thing together and handed out the awards. And and now, of course, for like the week after that, I made our entire staff address me as world record holder. <laughs> um, he, and he does have the certificate to prove it. I do. Yeah. It's we're gonna it's gonna get hung up. It's gonna be nice. <laughs> nice. But, you know what's funny is like I, I did. I had a good career at KU in track and field and had some great accomplishments, but. At least right now, I'm far more proud of this one than those others because there's something about the people that I got to share it with. Like, it, it is going to be a talking point for the rest of my life, no question. I'm like, hey, do you know I'm a, I'm a Guinness World Record holder? And almost because it's a little bit more fun and silly and less because it's about my actual like individual skills or sure. capabilities, it's like, yeah, I'd like me and 65 other dudes who were strangers before that day started, we, we teamed up and we set this world record t- right. together, you know? And, and that was literally like one of the, because we met after the mastermind group in yep. this very office. And that story came out in the first 10 minutes of our conversation when I said, what do you do for fun? And uh, I was just enthralled by the story, first of all. And then I said, man, I bet it was tough to train for that. And you went on to say, how long were you training for again? We ran like three times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> over, the, over the course of maybe a month and a half, two months. Um, and I, I, we, we, I should say, we sprinted three times. Okay. I did go out and run a few times because I was like, dude, this is going to hurt. Like, I need, to, I need to make sure my leg's not going to break in half during this thing. So I tried to, from a health standpoint, make sure I was in the right place. But we didn't train nearly as much as we should have, but enough to get by. Sure. Well... It's been absolutely phenomenal having you, Matt. I admire you more than you'll ever know, just based on your perspective on life and um, the introduction, or rather, uh, consistent reiteration of the importance of fun in everybody's life, and specifically here in the Kansas City area. So, if somebody wants to learn more about you, Swell Spark, um, Breakout KC, Bladen Timber, sure. Choir Bar, which we didn't even touch, next time, or any of the other amazing things that you're doing, how do they find out more? Swellspark.com, uh, or, or obviously all of the social channels that we run. Um, but uh, yeah, just keeping up. And, and as you mentioned, there's no one way to find out about everything but being intentional. And, and whether it's through Swellspark activities or something else, I think every every week someone should say like, ah, I've been working a lot. Like, I need to do something fun. And yes. Well, we will continue to try to provide those avenues in Kansas City uh, through our website, social media. You can find us. Um, but uh, I would, I'm going to leave it a little bit more mysterious. I would just say be intentional about doing things that are new and exciting and fun, and uh, you, it might end up changing your life. I love it. We also have some listeners that are not located just in KC. And so you know, Matt Basinger is looking to expand and is currently expanding, has locations 
of breakout and and potentially blatant timber yep. coming up all over yep. the nation. Yeah, blatant timber is blown up right now, and so our hope is to be in twelve cities by the end of twenty eighteen. If you are a landlord listening right now and have four thousand square feet, you want to lease me? Let me know. So, ladies and gentlemen, this was the Fundamism Podcast, connecting the workplace and life through fun. Matt Basinger from SwellSpark was absolutely amazing. If you want to learn more about Fundamism and how to introduce more fun into your life, feel free to visit Fundamism.com. Have an awesome day and don't forget to have a little more fun.